When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very good Friday evening, morning, afternoon, evening to you. 916, Joe Beningo, the Older Pain Podcast. Again, it is Friday. It is, as I said, 916, September 16th, 2022. And the Joe Beningo Older Pain Podcast, of course, brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company. And again, we want to thank everybody last Friday for our latest uh, Hackensack Brewing Company live podcast. We'll, ha- we'll be having another one coming up. Probably either the first or second week of October. We'll keep you posted on that. Again, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Of course, Anita Discount Tire in Rivervale, New Jersey. And, of course, we uh, always welcome our friends at DraftKings. We thank them so much for being with us for another year. Actually played golf yesterday with Mike Jones at Hackensack Brewing Company and Ari from the uh, Anita Tire. Great day up at Blue Hill yesterday. Really enjoyed playing with them. Uh, and, of course, my wife, Terry, as well. So I uh, had a great day playing golf with those guys yesterday, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right, week two of the NFL coming up uh, uh, this weekend. The Jets in Cleveland to play the Browns. Eh, the Giants at home still, uh, you know, uh, pumped up, still excited after their big opening day win against the Titans, and they will play the Carolina Panthers. Baker Mayfield and company uh, at MetLife on Sunday, both games at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, we'll get to my picks for week two. I had a terrible, terrible week last week. One up and four down. Never really seemed to get off to a good start in uh, week one of the NFL making these picks. It just never seems to work out. We'll try to uh, bounce back this week. Interesting game last night. The debut of the uh, Prime, Amazon, whatever the game's on. I did not see it live when I got up this morning. At about 5 o'clock, as my cats, uh, my, my wonderful cat, Iggy, who wakes us up every day very, very early. So I was up myself at 5 o'clock in the morning as my wife spots something on the floor that only the trained eye can see. Um, but I got up very early to uh, to <laughs> because of the cats. I had to feed the cats this morning as I'm losing my train here. But anyway, the game was on replay on the NFL Network, and I actually watched most of the second half. The Chiefs win it 27-24. The big play in this game with the Chargers driving with the score 17-17 and the Chargers driving deep in cheap territory to take the lead about midway through the fourth quarter. Justin Herbert throws a pick to Jalen Watson, who takes it 99-plus yards for the go-ahead touchdown, giving the Chiefs the 24-17 lead. They added a field goal later. The Chargers scored a touchdown late within the last two minutes. On a Herbert touchdown pass, they did not recover the onside kick. So the Chargers uh, are beaten in Kansas City by the Chiefs. The Chiefs now two up and none down after their opening weekend victory over the Cardinals in Arizona. And uh, the Chargers now one and one. Remember, they beat, they won at home last week uh, against the uh, Vegas Raiders in LA. So they're one and one. The Chiefs get off to a two and zero start. Uh, don't seem to miss Tyreek Hill at this point in the season. So uh, very, very interesting. Uh, uh, Thursday night game last night. Now, 
as far as the Jets are concerned, before we get to the picks and all of that, you know my feeling. I'm on record. I want to see Mike White play. To me, there's no reason that Joe Flacco has to continue to play quarterback for this team. We know he's got absolutely no mobility. We know he's a statue back there. He got hit, what, 11, 12 times in the game last week uh, against Baltimore. Obviously, the offensive line did not play well. George Fant didn't have a good game at left tackle. Lakin Tomlinson, uh, one of the big free agent signings in the offseason by the Jets that they brought in from San Francisco. He did not have a good game last week for the Jets. Either Connor McGovern, who I don't think is any good at center, uh, again had a rough day as the uh, Ravens really uh, rushed right up the middle all day long and got consistent pressure on Flacco. As far as I'm concerned, Mike White should be playing. I still believe, and you could call me crazy, you could call me whatever the hell you want to call me, I really think that they do not want to play White because they're afraid that White might come in there, look good, dare I say, win a game, and in the fan base, which already wants to see Mike White play, uh, will then really be in an uproar and, you know, say, hey, I want to see White when Wilson's ready to come back. And I think that's the biggest concern. And I could be wrong, but I don't know. You know, there's a lot of politics in football. You know, I never thought that when I was a young kid, you know, I never thought that politics could get into sports. You know, I always thought it was just about winning and that's it. It's all about winning, 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 winning. That's all that matters. But that's not necessarily true. And I really wonder if that's the case here, that they're really worried, that they'd actually rather lose with Joe Flacco because they know, look, Flacco is not the quarterback anyway. We're just waiting on Zach Wilson. So if we lose a couple games with Flacco, our rear ends are covered because Wilson's going to be the quarterback anyway. But if they bring White in, and look, if White's not any good, he's not any good. But, I mean, I'd like to see us at least find out about it. I mean, the guy had the best game we've you know, we've seen a Jet quarterback have in a long, long time. You know, Joe Flacco hasn't had a game as a Jet like we saw Mike White last week, last year against Cincinnati. Certainly, Zach Wilson hasn't had a game like that. Sam Donald did never had one like that when he was here. So, I, you know, the, the, the great game where he threw for over 400 yards in that win last, last year against the eventual AFC champion Bengals who, by the way, are coming up next week at MetLife. But we'll get to that. I don't want to jump jump the gun here a little bit. But uh, nevertheless, uh, I really believe that. I really believe they're afraid, afraid that if White plays and he plays well, the fan base already wants them to play, and that then they're going to really have a problem on their hands. So we'll see. At the very least, if Flacco has a bad is off to a bad start, if Miles Garrett is all over him this week in Cleveland, and Flacco looks terrible, he's thrown a couple picks. You got to put White in the game if you're Robert Sala. I mean, you have to make the change. You should have done it last week against Baltimore, but you have to make the change if that's the case this week. If Flacco's off to a bad start against the Browns in Cleveland, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, the uh, Browns right now, what are they? Six and a half point favorite in that game. I'm not touching that game with my picks. I made the mistake of taking the Jets last week, and that was a big mistake. I'm not going there this week. Let me see. I got to see it. You know, let's see it. And we all know about Robert Sala's comments this week about receipts. I'm taking receipts, everybody that's down on the team and ripping the team and ripping me. I'm going to remember I'm taking names. I'm sure he's taking my name. That's for damn sure. Here's here's the bottom line, Robert. So far, you're 4-14. and as head coach of this Jet team. The Jets have not won a game in September since 2018, an NFL record 13 consecutive September losses. Are you kidding me? 
And we've talked about it. The last time the Jets won a game in September was Sam Donald's first game of his career, a Monday night game against the Lions in Detroit when they beat him up pretty good, even though Donald's first pass he ever threw was a pick six return for a touchdown by the Lions. But so it would be nice to see the Jets not get off to their usual 0-4 start. I mean, that would be nice. Let's see what they do this week in Cleveland with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. The Browns survived last week, uh, a late field goal to beat the Panthers in Carolina 26-24. So we'll see what happens uh, with the Jets in that game. As far as the Giants this week, Giants right now are just are still on that high from the opening weekend victory over the Titans down in Tennessee, beat them 21-20. The very ballsy, gutsy decision by Brian Dable to go for two instead of going for the tie late in the game after uh, Jones had thrown that touchdown pass to make it a 20-19 game. They go for two. Barkley on that shovel pass takes it in, and then the Giants survive the 45-yard game-winning field goal attempt by Randy Bullock at the end to win the game 21-20. I'm sure MetLife is going to be juiced up this on Sunday. Uh, again, the, the Panthers coming in, Baker Mayfield and company. Should be very interesting to see how the Giants perform in week two. We'll see whether Kayvon Thibodeau, the number one draft choice, plays this week or not. I'm not a, I don't think he's a – I don't know if he's going to play or not. I would say he probably won't, but, but we'll see how that plays out. We'll see if we get another huge game out of Saquon Barkley, who had just, it was actually voted the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, 164 yards rushing, had the touchdown, had the uh, the go-ahead two-point conversion as well on that shovel pass. So uh, I think he had about 190-something yards from scrimmage, caught, um, what was it, six passes for 30 yards in the game as well. The one thing the Giants can't do and Jones can't do is turn it over. He did turn it over twice last week, had a fumble, uh, was sacked and fumbled in the game, also threw that big pick in the end zone, after the Giants had recovered that fumbled punt on about the Titan 10-yard line, and that looked like it was going to be the killer play, but the Giants were able to come back. Jones led the drive to come back and eventually uh, take the lead uh, and, of course, capped it off with the two-point conversion by Barkley. So we'll see what happens. Brian Dable riding high right now. We'll see what he does in week two of his uh, uh, NFL coaching career as the Giants should be a rousing crowd at MetLife. Supposed to be a very nice day. A beautiful day at uh, on Sunday afternoon. So we'll see what the Giants do against Carolina. All right. Beningo, the Ode of Pain podcast. Again, it is Friday. It is September 16th. It is 2022. Before we get to my NFL picks for week two, like I said, I had a terrible week last week. Uh, let's get to my sponsors, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Again, want to thank Mike Jones for uh, playing golf with us yesterday. We had a really great day at Blue Hill. And you know the story on uh, on the uh, brewing company. Ten minutes off the GW Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4 in Hackensack's beautiful Fairmont neighborhood. You know the tap room is open from 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 on Saturday, 12 to 8 on Sunday, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the tombstones. Make sure when you go there to check out the tombstone of the woman who is still alive and you got her picture on a tombstone. I forget her name. Pictures on a tombstone. And underneath, it has the just classic line, uh, I'm dead, now what? <laughs> I mean, it's one of the, It's just phenomenal. It really is. So go check it out. You can also buy the Older Payne. Check out the, the Older Payne beer, which was a big seller. Jones was drinking it yesterday on the golf course. Uh, it was a big <laughs> seller last week. And go buy the Ode Pain Beer T-shirt. They were a big seller last week. I think we sold about, well, they sold, I shouldn't say we, uh, you know. They sold about 60 of them last week at Hackensack Brewing Company. 
Go check it out. Tell them Beningo sent you. Mike Jones, TJ, Andre, everybody, Herb, everybody over there at the Brewing Company. And again, we'll be doing another live podcast probably right when the baseball playoffs start somewhere in early October. And we'll uh, we'll see. We'll have some surprises for you as well. I'm sure we'll have a uh, we'll have another one of our celebrity guests coming in as well. Also, Anita Tire. Don't forget Anita Tire. My good buddy we played with yesterday as well as Mike Jones. We played with Ari, who, of course, is the boss over there at Anita. Uh, I want to thank him for all the support. Go check them out. Uh, they're on uh, Westwood Avenue in Rivervale. Go see my son, Johnny. Go see Ari. Anything you need with, with your car service, anything you need with tires, go check it out. Anita Discount Tire in Rivervale, New Jersey on Westwood Avenue. And, of course, the fine people from DraftKings, want to thank them. Uh, make sure, uh, you know, any of the bets you're doing this weekend, make sure you're using DraftKings. They are by far the best out there. It's not even debatable. So go check them out. And again, we want to thank them again for sponsoring the Oda Payne podcast for the second consecutive year. I'm going to take a little hit of coffee here. So what you might hear next is me drinking the coffee. Again, uh, it's it's really, you got to let Maxwell House, tremendous, good to the last drop. My wife makes a mean cup of coffee. Here we go. Got to have it in the morning. Here we go. Good to the last drop. Can barely talk. By the way, if you if you care, I did my little musical interlude prior to me coming on. Where I always like do my little warm up before we come on. Little Temptations, the great David Ruffin, and I wish it would rain, and I never wish it would rain. But that is a great, great song. Maybe not with me singing it, but that was the musical interlude today. If you really give a damn. All right, the NFL picks. Let's cue the music. The NFL picks. Week two, National Football League. Had a completely crappy week last week. Went one up and four down. The only game I won, I had the Lions in four at home against Philadelphia. The Eagles got out to a big lead in this game. They're up by 17. The Lions, as only they can, came all the way back and, of course, still came up short as they usually do. They wound up losing the game (laughs) 38-35, but at least they covered the number. That was my one win. Remember, I had the Jets last week. (laughs) You know how that worked out. Remember, I went against the Giants last week. You know how that worked out. I also had the Cowboys in that game against Tampa. You know you know how that worked out. They looked great losing 19-3 to and, of course, losing their quarterback, Dak Prescott, as well. Uh, just a, it was not a good week for Beningo picking games. I can tell you that. So we're going to try to bounce back again this week. Here we go. Week two, I'm, I'm taking all, all home teams, five home teams this week. I'm starting out with the Ravens. I'm taking Baltimore, laying three and a half at home against the Dolphins in Baltimore. You know, I wasn't overly impressed last week with what I saw from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens against the Jets. You know, the Jets, the mistakes were all over the place. Uh, Lamar really didn't kill him running the ball. He had that one nice run on 38 for a first down. That's out of that. He didn't, but he did throw three touchdown passes in the game. That one long bomb to Rashad Bateman where he was behind the entire Jets secondary. The Jets did slow down the Raven running game. They only rushed for 63 yards, but Dobbins did not play in this game last week. But I like the Ravens. I know Miami won, you know, looked good in beating the Patriots last week in Miami. I don't know how good the uh, the, uh, New England is. I mean, that remains to be seen. But the the Dolphins never play well in Baltimore. I I think they've not – they haven't won a game in Baltimore since 1997. That's a long time ago. And that's in the very early days of the Raven franchise. They had basically just, 
you know, a couple of years before that come over from Cleveland. So it's been a long time since the Dolphins have beat them in Baltimore. I like the Ravens here. I, I, I'm not sold on Miami yet. I know they had the nice win last week. I understand against the Patriots. Again, like I said, I don't know how good New England is. Give me the Ravens laying three and a half at home, game one against Miami in Baltimore. Game two, I'm going back to the well. The only game I won last week, I'm taking the Lions. They're actually favored at home against the Washington football team. That's what I'm going to continue to call them. I will not call them by the name they are now. It's a joke what their name is. So I'm going to continue to call them the WFT. The WFT came off a win last week behind Carson Wentz, came from behind to beat the Jaguars 28-22 in Washington. I already mentioned the Lions losing that tough game uh, by three at home to Philly last week. Give me the Lions laying a point and a half. I still think the Lions are going to have a good year this year. I don't love Jared Goff, but I like the coach, Dan Campbell. I'm taking a flyer here, and this is really more of a a call against Washington. You know, Carson Wentz is not any good. I know he had a decent game last week, but, yeah, I I just don't know what you're going to get from WFT this year. I don't know, and I don't – like I said, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. I mean, neither of them are getting you excited. I'm going with Goff here, laying the point and a half. Give me the Lions, laying one and a half against Washington in Detroit. That's game two. Game three, and this is kind of an interesting pick here. I'm taking the Saints at home, uh, laying two and a half. Or actually, I guess they're getting two and a half in this game, which is hard to believe. I mean, Tampa Bay is actually a two and a half point favorite. What am I talking about? Tampa Bay, two and a half point favorite in this game against the Saints. Now, one thing to remember, the Saints came back last week. They were, they were down by 16, came all the way back to beat the lousy Atlanta Falcons 27-26, a late field goal by Will Lutz in that game. Uh, Tampa Bay is an opening win over Dallas. They beat them 19-3. Uh, Brady looked okay. I wouldn't say he looked phenomenal, but good enough to win the game. Remember one thing, the Saints, since Brady's been in Tampa now, it's going to be his third year there, the Saints have never lost a regular season game to the Bucs. They're 4-0 against the Bucs uh, in the regular season, 2-0 in both of the years that Brady's been there. Now, Brady did beat him, and the Bucs did beat him in that divisional playoff game in New Orleans two years ago on the route to winning that Super Bowl. But in the regular season, the Saints have uh, have really handled Tampa. And, you know, look, Jarvis Landry in, in New Orleans now, he looked good last week, caught a touchdown pass. So did Michael Thomas, who's back. Uh, Kamara's still banged up. I, he didn't practice this week. I don't know if you're going to see him. But uh, Taysom Hill had a nice game, had a nice touchdown run out of the Wildcat. Jameis Winston uh, had a a real solid uh, in a couple touchdown drives to lead them back to pull the game out. I like the Saints' defense. I'm still not sold on how good Tampa is. And like I said, the Saints have owned them in the regular season, and you're getting two and a half down at the Superdome. Give me the Saints getting two and a half at home against the Bucs. That's game three. Game four. And this is one of those skewed lines that when I first looked at it, I said to myself, wow, is this really the line on this game? But And and similar to last week, remember the Giant game looked like it was a gimme. Boy, how could Tennessee be only a a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the Giants at home? Well, we found out how that worked out. And it's similar this week with Pittsburgh, a two-point underdog at home against the Patriots. And I look at that and I say, how's that possible? The Patriots looked terrible last week in losing to Miami, and I don't know how good they are. Mac Jones is a little banged up. And remember, their backup quarterback is Brian Hoyer. 
Brian Hoyer may be the worst quarterback in the history of the NFL. How he has been has has hang has hung in as long as he has as a backup in the league is mind-boggling to me. I mean, I don't know how he's done it, but if he starts, I don't see how they have any chance. Pittsburgh, a nice opening day win. Remember, they won in overtime, 23-20 in Cincinnati over the Bengals, and were fortunate to win. I mean, you, you saw the end of that game. Uh, Pittsburgh was up two touchdowns in the game. Joe Burrow led the Bengals all the way back, hit Jamar Chase for what looked to be the game-winning touchdown in the closing seconds, but then McFadden got the extra point blocked. The game went into OT. Uh, he missed a field goal again, McFadden, who couldn't miss it all last year in the playoffs and during the season uh, uh, as the Bengals went to the Super Bowl. But he got a field goal, uh, missed a field goal in overtime. Actually, it was a high snap, which didn't help the situation. Anyway, uh, Chris Boswell winds up hitting a 53-yarder at the gun to win that game for the, for the Steelers. I don't love Mitch Trubisky. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's any good. I really don't. But the Steelers still have a solid defense. I know T.J. Watt looks like he's out for the year. He tore his pec, uh, pectoral muscle last week in a win over Cincinnati, and that's usually a season-ending uh, injury. I don't think that they've uh, determined that yet on him, but usually it is. But we know he's not playing this week, so that's a hit for the Steelers. And again, it's one of those lines that says that begs you to take Pittsburgh. How the hell are the Patriots a two-point favorite? on the road in Pittsburgh, but I'm taking them. I'm going to take the Steelers and take the two points. I, I don't think the, I don't think the Patriots are any good this year. I really don't. I could be hundred percent wrong. I, I don't think they are. And they, the only two wins the Patriots might have might be the two games against the Jets. That might be it. The homecoming game against the Jets. And then when they play them, it meant life. So we'll see again, <laughs> Mac Jones hurt his back. And I don't think Mac Jones is any good either, but we'll see about that. But give me Pittsburgh. Again, it's a little weird line. Give me the Steelers getting two at home against the Patriots. That's game four. Game five, I'm going back to the well again and taking the Cowboys. I'm getting seven and a half. I've seen it at eight in some places because of the injury to Prescott. I know he's not playing. I did not like what I saw from the Cowboys last week. But I got a feeling that the Bengals – are going to have one of those years that we've seen a lot of the, uh, a lot a lot of times happen to the Super Bowl loser <clears throat> from the year before. You know, on paper the Bengals are far, the far better team. We know about Joe Burrow, we know about Chase, we know about Mixon and all these guys. I'm taking the Cowboys getting seven and a half at home, and I'm not. I don't even know this guy as the quarterback for Dallas. So I'm going to admit that I don't even. You know, I know he played a few games last year, but I'm taking a, sh- a shot on the Cowboys and their defense. You know, with Diggs and Parsons and those guys to get the job done. And you're getting seven and a half in this game with the Cowboys. Like I said, I got a feeling the Bengals are going to have that real down year that a lot of Super Bowl losers have the next season. So give me the Cowboys again. I went with them last week and lost against Tampa. I'm going with them again, getting seven and a half at home. So give me Dallas against the Bengals uh, on uh, on Sunday in Dallas. I guess that's the 425 game, which we'll see uh, nationally. All right. We also have two Monday night games this week. How about that? Uh, Tennessee in Buffalo to play the Bills. That's a 10-point game. I think that's that spreads a little skewed. I'm not picking it. Um, but we have that one, and then we got the Eagles at home against Minnesota with the Eagles a two-point favorite in that game. Doubleheader on Monday night. Uh, you got the one game on ESPN. I believe that's the earliest start, 7 o'clock, Buffalo and Tennessee. And then at 8.20 on ABC, you got the Eagles and Minnesota. They should do that all the time. They should scrap Thursday night football 
and have two games on Monday night all the time, I'd be all good with that. All right, but the Beningo picks again for week two. Give me the Ravens uh, laying three and a half at home against Miami. Give me the Lions laying a point and a half at home against Washington. Give me the Saints getting two and a half at home against Tampa. Give me the Steelers getting two at home against the Patriots. And give me the uh, Cowboys getting seven and a half at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Joe Beningo, uh, all the pain podcast picks for week two in the National Football League. So we'll see uh, how that plays out for week two. All right. Before we leave, just a little bit on the baseball. Nice bounce back win for the Mets last night. After that despicable sweep at the hands of the lousy Chicago Cubs, you know, earlier in the week. I mean, that was brutal. I mean, would they score four runs in the, in the three games against the Cubs? Whatever it was. I mean, most of them meaningless runs. I mean, it was terrible. You just can't get swept. But they were fortunate, the Mets, because the Braves finally went on a little bit of a losing streak. They lost two games in Seattle. They lost two games on the West Coast to San Francisco. So the Mets have been able to hang in there and stay in first place. The win last night over the uh, Pirates, they win it 7-1 on Roberto Clemente night. Everybody wore 21 last night. Uh, in commemorating the great Roberto Clemente, one of the greats of all time. And if you didn't, you know, for, I was fortunate enough to see Clemente play. To me, he's probably the best all-around right fielder that has ever been. And I understand there's been a lot of, you know, look, Henry Aaron was a great right fielder. You know, Babe Ruth played right field. You know, there's so many, so many great guys that have played right field over the years. Nobody played it better than Clemente. Tremendous defensively. What do you have, 11 gold gloves? Tremendous defensively. We know what kind of hitter he was. Two-time world champion. That 1971 uh, World Series against the Orioles, which he just completely dominated as Pittsburgh went on to win that in seven games. And Clemente got the MVP. He also won in 1960, the Pirates, when they beat the Giants. Uh, Giants, when they beat the, Met, uh, the Mets, when they beat the Yankees in that seven-game series, that classic seven-gamer when Mazeroski hit the walk-off game-winning home run in Pittsburgh. So... Two championships for Clemente. We all know about his tragic death, um, you know, helping out the uh, people in Nicaragua uh, on New Year's Eve, 72 into 73. But uh, one of the greats of all time. So it was Roberto Clemente uh, night last night around the major leagues. Everybody wore 21. And uh, it was fitting that the Mets played the Pirates, and they beat them. 7-1 the final score. Cookie Carrasco with a solid six innings, won his 15th game of the year. They finally got some big hits. Daniel Vogelback has been really has been in a massive slump for a while. A big uh, two-out, two-run double in the first inning to give the Mets a 2 nothing lead. Francisco Lindor with a two-run home run that actually mattered here. He didn't hit it with the game already over. A solo home run in the ninth inning with two out down by four runs. Not this time. Big two-run shot to give the Mets a 4 nothing lead in the game. is 24th of the year. And they added on three runs later on and eventually would win it 7-1. to Vogelbeck had three RBIs, the two-run home run by Lindor. Solid pitching by Carrasco. So the Mets right the ship. They're 90th win of the year. They're 90 and 55 now on the year. Uh, they are a game ahead of the Braves. They're actually even in the loss column. Braves did not play yesterday. So the Mets have a full one-game lead now in the division. But again, tied in the loss column. And the Braves will open up a huge three-game series over the weekend against the Philadelphia Phillies, who right now are in a wild-card spot in the NL. That's a big series. Uh, you know, as Met fans, we need the Phillies to do a little damage here against the Braves. We can only we'll hope that they will. The Mets will continue against the Pirates. Three more games this weekend against the Pirates. 
You got Taquan Walker tonight. You got Bassett on Saturday. And you got Jake on Sunday. Should be Jake on Sunday. The Mets need to sweep these four against the Pirates. Make no mistake about it. No three out of four. Certainly no split. They win this first game. They need to sweep this series. Then they go to Milwaukee to play a very solid Brewer team. The Yankees are actually in Milwaukee this weekend for three against the Brewers. And it looks like Max Scherzer, who had a rehab start in Syracuse two days ago, will make the start. He'll be back in the rotation on Monday in Milwaukee. But a uh, nice bounce-back win for the Mets. And like I said, they need to sweep the Pirates here. There is no gray area. They need to freaking sweep them. And we'll see if we get a little help from our buddies down in Philadelphia as the Phillies go into Atlanta to play the Braves. As far as the Yankees are concerned, Yankees took two in Fenway. Uh, Yankees right now are sitting pretty. The Yankees are going to win the division. I've said it all year. What's, what are they, up five now, I believe it is, on Tampa? They're winning the division. To me, it's never been a doubt. in doubt, no matter how bad they played in July and August. Th- that big cushion early in the year when they had a 15-game lead, they were not blowing the division. They will be in the playoffs. They will get a bye in the first round, and it's going to come down to what they do against Houston. Uh, I really think that's going to be the ALCS. We'll see. Can they beat the Astros? That's probably going to be what it all comes down to. They are getting guys back now. Looks like Rizzo's coming back. Maybe you're going to see Severino come back. You're going to eventually get Benintendi coming back. You know, Maybe you'll actually see Harrison Bader, who, got tra- who they traded Montgomery for. But the Yankees are sitting pretty and Aaron Judge with 57 home runs. What do they got, 19 games left? I predict he's going to hit eight more and hit 65. That's my prediction. We'll see how it plays out. Yankees, three-game series in Milwaukee this weekend against the, the uh, Brewers. I almost said the Braves because they used to be in Milwaukee. All right. Again, want to thank everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Want to thank all my sponsors again, the Hackensack Brewing Company, Anita Discount Tire, and, of course, DraftKings. Everybody have a stellar, stellar weekend. Supposed to be beautiful weather. Uh, Go Jets. Hopefully the Jets can get a win. Don't count on it. Mets need to sweep the Pittsburgh this series. They need to win the next three games. We'll see how it happens. The Giants at home against Carolina. The Yankees in Milwaukee for three. Everybody have a great weekend. I will be back on Monday to recap week two in the NFL.